You can see the voice is starting to change into performance mode. It's getting uh, more uh, energetic. It's maybe a bit louder. Than it's lit in this recording studio. Well, let's light it up. All righty, that that got my throat more than I wanted it to. That did not feel good. What's up, everybody? This is Underdogs. This is the last day of June. Rent's due tomorrow. No. It's Canada Day. Is that something to be celebrated? I don't even know anymore. Uh, this is David Patrick Fleming, and with me, looking disheveled, is... <laughs> I didn't even mean that to be a, a mean thing. I meant to say it like as a compliment, but the only word I could think of was disheveled, which makes you sound like a, I don't know, a street person, but that's not what I meant. I just meant that you had a very nice, relaxed, carefree look to you. Anyway, he is Jacob Eman and uh, he's disheveled. So it's already been said, I can't go back in time and somewhere in my heart, I must've meant it. Um, the blue are you sorry did i offend you by saying disheveled are you still no, managing not, that not at all i i just felt the pain of the accuracy because i feel disheveled i remember at one point last year i told you you looked like a young michael keaton and you were very offended by that <laughs> and yeah. so i didn't know if i had walked into the same into the same swamp in some way i don't know who doesn't want to look like michael keaton but apparently you don't well, the trouble with looking like young Michael Keaton is that you know what the future holds for you, <laughs> and it's not good when you become old Michael Keaton, you know? I don't know about that. Old Michael Keaton's sexy man, talented man, interesting man. I don't know what's wrong with an old Michael Keaton. I mean, no, he's not Batman, but things change. Sports change. The Blue Jays change. They have dragged themselves out of the depths of hell that they're in probably about a week ago. They've won eight of 10 and they're making moves. I'm going to call it a big trade, even though it's not maybe a big trade, but it's a big trade relative to our needs. The Blue Jays finally got a bullpen arm. The Blue Jays traded, I don't know, beloved Joe Panic. Does anybody feel that way? Beloved Joe Panic and Andrew McInvale. The fuck is that? And exactly what makes the trade good. Nobody you care about left. And in return, lefty back Corey Dickerson and Adam Simber, a righty out of the bullpen, throws like submarine style, I guess, maybe below sidearm. Would you say it's below sidearm? Would you say he's a submariner? I, I think he's definitely, I think he's like a, he's like a knuckle scraper. It's like straight, like almost touching the dirt and it comes right up at you to the top of the zone. It's real weird looking. Yeah, we'll call him the chimpanzee then. Uh, okay. He does not throw hard. He throws like high 80s. He does not strike people out. He lets up a ton of contact, but he doesn't uh, let up balls hit in the air. I, I would even say that his hard hit rate is high. But those are ground balls. So he hits uh, into a lot of ground balls. He's a righty specialist, I guess you could call him. He's not as effective against the lefties. All in all, he's probably the second best arm we have coming out of the pen right now. Or at least I would automatically put him second in my mind for who I'm most confident in, even though I can't recall ever seeing him pitch <laughs> ever in my life. Mm-hmm. Corey Dickerson is in a boot. He's in a walking boot. He's hurt. So he's not even going to play until the end of July, I guess people are saying. Maybe the start of August. He's certainly not playing before the All-Star break. I think one of the big things, Jacob brought this up yesterday. The big, I think the whole point of the deal from the Marlins' point of view is that the Blue Jays were taking on most of his salary. I think Corey Dickerson is making like eight and a half million bucks this year, and the Blue Jays are going to pay a significant portion of the remainder of that. But that's what's great about what the Jays are doing. They're chucking cash around. They're not like uh, having to get rid of prospects we care about, uh, major league players that we care about. It's throwing their wallet around, and they they should do that. And I think that that's 
a really good move by the front office, you know, maybe could have been done a couple of weeks ago would have been helpful, but you know, they got it done before the trade deadline. No one else is making moves. So I think it's awesome. A couple of weeks ago, it might not have been the kind of uh, things going out that we feel as good about. You know what I mean? You have to wait a little bit to try to bring the price down. But uh, it's interesting. I feel like the, the Corey Dickerson element of it could be super underrated. At first, I was like, Corey Dickerson, what are we going to do with him? How many outfielders can we possibly roster? And then the more I thought about it, the more... I, and and like kind of went back and remembered like Tampa Bay Corey Dickerson and how well first of all he's he's a Gold Glover in left field so there's that um, he, I think even like we'll see what he's like after coming out of a walking boot whether he's still got the same uh, well above average outfielder jump he takes good r- routes or roots whatever however you pronounce it but he's also got like someone said i can't remember where i was listening to someone said he's got a 850 ops career against righties like he's it's it's another one of these guys that i feel like mark and ross ross probably and and the team have keyed in on like who's like had a weird year a year or two like someone who struggled in the 2020 uh shortened season is having a bit of a, a a bad season this year, but there are things that we see that we can help him get on track with and get him back to being, you know, he's also been an all-star. Like, this guy isn't, like, he's no slouch. He's not just a defensive guy. He can be more than just a lefty bat off the bench, I think. And like you said, it could open up the possibility of some trades in the future that we may or may not feel great about you know, when it comes to perhaps shipping out a outfielder. And the other well, interesting thing, the, the other interesting to interrupt you, the other interesting thing is we talked about it being so much about the money. And that's initially what I thought it had to be when I saw what, you know, thinking about it from the Marlins perspective. And then, and then I find out the actual amount of money that they gave us was over $2 million. So we end up paying like two half of what we initially thought of the money we were taking on. So we're paying like $2 million to take on Corey Dickerson. And then we have Simber for till 2024, 2023. Like we've got years of control over a guy. Now that may not necessarily actually be a good thing. And that's another thing that I've been thinking about recently. Everyone's always going on about, we need to target guys with years of control. But then I'm like, I don't know if we do. And I don't know if it's really as much the style of this front office. Like, think about the rentals we got last year, and they're still on the team. I mean, we didn't we didn't re-sign uh, Taiwan Walker, but we got a rental in Robbie Ray. We got a rental in Stripling. And we, we got them for cheaper than we would if they were, had years of control. And then we just re-signed them because they love being here and they love working and doing the Blue Jays way. So I don't know if it's actually a horrible thing to that's a different discussion i guess i'm kind of getting sidetracked here but uh, <clears throat> one of the well, things that was said yesterday was that uh, mark and ross have been after dickerson for uh, they were after him in the off season so i think he's been a guy that they've been targeting for a while because he's you know for what his potential is he's you know somewhat cheap you know eight and a half million bucks i remember when dickerson had that all-star year when he was on the tampa bay rays in 2017 and uh then they just released him it was crazy he had like an 850 ops or something and they just released him because they didn't want to pay i think what he was gonna have to make in arbitration and so then the pirates got him then he had a great year in pittsburgh and then it's been sort of uh, a bit of a not a mess but it's just been he hasn't quite hit the same stride i mean obviously a lot of people had weird 2020s and now this year he's injured i can't recall a time when i think about it of a team making a trade when the guy was injured yeah especially you know with that much money and i imagine in some way that worked in the blue jays favor i imagine that that's why miami had to give them some money because it's you know he's injured he's in a goddamn walking boot who the hell knows when he's going to be able to play. But I think you're right. I think, I mean, he immediately becomes, you know, in, in, in when he gets healthy and, you know, let's say he gets back to normal, he's 
instantly their best bat off the bench. Mm-hmm. And it's not even close. And he's a lefty bat, which is obviously something that we don't have much of. But I, as soon as I heard the trade, I just started to feel like we were maybe slowly starting to say goodbye to Lurtis. Right. Because there's so many outfielders now. Yep. So many outfielders, and it at least opens up the door for the Blue Jays to uh, make a move for pitching at the deadline with the you know, great piece of trade bait in Lourdes Gurriel, who's starting to heat up with the bad and isn't expensive at all. I mean, we've talked about that before, but I don't know, man. Uh, It's a lot of outfielders. It is. It is. And the other thing you wonder is how confident are they in the outfielders health? I mean, we've seen, we've seen Lourdes Gurriel Jr. have a history of getting injured. We don't know what to make of George Springer going forward to some extent. Like, I feel nervous every time he's, every time he's in the field. Every time the ball gets hit to him, I'm like, I'm just terrified. I don't know how they feel, but that could be overblown. It's an unlucky start to, an unlucky start to the career, and he could be fine going out, and we could just be good all the time. But having depth and having better depth is always a good thing. You know, like we, it, Jonathan Davis got called up to, to join the club and you know when Corey Dickerson's here we won't have to have someone like Jonathan Davis we'll have a, a, a we'll have a big league starting outfielder on the bench you know and it keeps getting closer and closer to like what they always said they want to be they want to be the Dodgers they want to be the Rays where you have dudes who can cycle through who you have everyday ball players that are not playing every day the Dodgers, you know, the Astros, I mean, the Astros are going off lately. They, their offense is incredible. The Dodgers and the Astros have probably more uh, offensive depth in a way, but I wouldn't take anybody's top five over the Blue Jays. And in that, and in saying that, and in talking about George Springer and worrying about him, and when, I think George Springer has to get, and I think he will, but I think he has to get so hot to move up in this order. I'm not, I don't want him moving up in this order if he just starts, you know, hitting 260. These guys, like Marcus Simeon last night, five RBIs, hits his 19th home run. Bo Bichette's heating up, getting his 15th home run. He's batting like over 280. Simeon's batting over 280. You got Vladdy, the best hitter in baseball, batting like 245. Uh, and then you've got Teoscar Hernandez batting over 300. I can't think of another four hitters that is more difficult to leapfrog if you're George Springer. And I think that's good. I don't think that's a bad thing. Not at all. But I don't think that he should just arbitrarily leap. But I could also foresee, regardless of how George Springer plays, that they just put him at the top after the All-Star break. Uh huh. I, I, I kind of think it's going to stay this way until playoffs. And then playoffs, you either stick with what, how you've gotten there, or like someone has, someone really falls off. You know, I think I think you're right in that. I don't even know if it's George getting super hot that's going to change things. I think it's it's like Bo Bichette struggling for an, uh, three weeks, or it's or it's Simeon really cooling off. And I don't really foresee. I don't see Simeon cooling off. The dude is just I- so locked in, and it looks so easy. His approach, just hitting, he hits hits fastballs, waits for a ball inside or a ball that's in the strike zone. You watch that plate appearance when he does. I can't remember if it was the time he hit a home run, but they did a whole breakdown of it where it he's just getting so annoyed. It's curveball outside. It's fastball outside. And he's like, I can't do anything. I can foul it off. I'm going to keep fouling off. You're giving me nothing. You're giving me nothing. It's still the ball he does hit. It's like on the, it's middle, but it's still on the outside. And he's like, I can reach that. And he reaches out and, and, and it may have been the one that like was a double like past the third baseman, or it may have been the, the, the dinger off the pole. I'm not sure, but he... The dinger off the pole was incredible. It was right in off his hands, and he oh. dragged his hands right into his body, and he just like spun around and it somehow kept the ball fair. It must have been because of the way that the swing was that it put like an odd spin on the ball because it didn't hook foul. It just smoked the foul pole, and that, that was one of the coolest yep. home run swings I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it was amazing in slow motion, and there I remember keying in on 
like you're saying like and and buck and tabby talk about it frequently how different hitting inside has gotten and how they keep their hands close to them and they they coil around but there was a moment while he's coiling he's got his hands close to him and i could see his face like he starts to like grimace he grits his teeth but like Mm -hmm. with joy where he's like oh i can (laughs) hit this and you can see he's like i'm gonna crush that ball I've got this mid in slow motion. It's it's amazing what you can see in the cameras these days and obviously read into of things that might not be there. But to me, I could see that he knew he was crushing that ball. It's incredible when a guy who like this is his chance to make money. This is his one shot, really, because I would imagine the deal he signs is going to put him into his uh, at least you know, mid to early 30s. And when a, when he, somebody's in that situation, a lot of the times you'll see guys like pushing or their numbers will be down and they'll be like, oh, they're struggling because, you know, it's their contract year. And But when it when they succeed, man, I think that just that at least the, the story I put on top of that is like he's a guy you want in the playoffs mm-hmm. because that's pressure, man. That's like real life pressure. And and, you know, even if even if he craps out for the rest of the year, he's still going to make millions of dollars. So it's not like he's like, you know, I got to feed my family. He'll always be able to feed his family, even if he never made another dollar. As long as he just got all the money that is owed to him from the Blue Jays this year, he'll be fine. But I just think that that's, there's a lot of pressure there and that's pressure day in and day out. That's not just, you know, one night. It's not just a playoff series, but to what you said about Springer going into the leadoff in the playoff series, I actually think that would be almost more difficult to all of a sudden abruptly switch what's been working right as the playoffs start. And then the rhythm would sort of be yeah, you're right. out of whack maybe. And and then, and then George all of a sudden gets in his head. Some of his, I know he's like been incredible in the playoffs, but he's also really struggled in the playoffs before as well. And I just, I would wonder how that would affect him. I guess in my mind, it happens in the playoffs. Like we got smoked in game one and it's like, we got a there was oh, no see. offense or something and it's like let's 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 bring in the big gun here let's let's lock it in and get the our 150 million dollar man off the top here hit hit a you know and and the type of like narrative where it's like he hits a home run first pitch or something of the game yeah. and you're like here yeah, yeah. we go baby yeah it's like uh it's like the way that i remember feeling Cause when we got Kawhi and you see him in the regular season, you're like, Oh yeah, he's amazing. But then when the playoffs start, there's like playoff Kawhi, it's a whole different thing. And I think that George Springer has, you know, a similar playoff George similar is real. sort of thing. Yeah. Playoff George. Here's is a question. Here's a question for you. The blue Jays are six and a half back of the division and six and a half back of the wild card. Which one do you think is more attainable? Mm. <laughs> I mean- Cause in the wild card, they gotta, they gotta be Oakland, Tampa Bay, and in the division, I mean, Boston's the top dog right now. I mean, yes, you still have to make it past Tampa Bay regardless, but uh, there's a part of me that finds the division uh, better in my mind. Like, it's more possible that they take the division for some reason. Well, if they take, I feel like it's a weird question because if they take the division, then they would have taken the wild card as well. That's not necessarily true because uh, let's say the Astros go off and they're like an incredible team and then the A's have a better record than the leading team in the East and then you have... Um, yeah, I, I understand. It's all possible. It just seems like if we're getting to the point where we're making up six games or something right now, then yeah. I don't I, I know what you mean though. And I think what you're specifically uh, kind of keying in on here is the kind of... Uh, the kind of uneasy, uneven footing that I think that the Red Sox are and and the Rays are kind of standing on right now. They they look vulnerable to some extent. I mean, it's calling the Red Sox vulnerable right now is is maybe a, a not quite true, but you know we hear it we hear it all the time how their starting pitching is vulnerable and they're going to need to make a move just as much as we are to shore up that if they want to fend us off because we're on the rise. We're on the rise. What up? What I'm also saying is I don't want to play one game. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't want to get into the wild card, play one game, go home. Mm-hmm. I want to win the division. Obviously, that's an obvious thing to say. Who 
would you take over the Blue Jays if baseball was six innings? <laughs> um, I would probably take... Uh, You're talking about for a game or for like a season? For like this season, if baseball was six innings, who's better than the Blue Jays? I mean, obviously, the obvious thing I'm getting at is... Who's got a better rotation? Well, no. Just in the, conjunction, how bad the Blue Jays... In conjunction with the Blue Jays a, bullpen. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like I'm still... I'm still feeling like... Uh, Padres, Giants, Dodgers, like that whole division and the pitching that they possess. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I I wish we got to play them a bit more and see what, what it's really like playing because the Giants, I don't know what's going on with the Giants because I know. they're incredible. But you, didn't, but you didn't mention an American League team. And I think it's way easier to fix your bullpen than it is to fix your starting rotation or to fix your lineup. Now, I'm not saying the Blue Jays are going to get like flamethrowers coming in and out of the bullpen, but they could get enough arms in an easier way than they could to fix any other element of their team. And then like, you know, you want to say, Oh, this is still a building year. Uh, maybe next year, maybe the year after whatever, but there's a real version of this team that can go really far in the playoffs with like, uh, even, even just, even just like, Merriweather, uh, Baraki coming back healthy, and he stays healthy. In some cra- in some crazy world, Merriweather comes back and stays healthy, and then they get some stud in the bullpen at the trade deadline. They don't. They don't. I mean, a starting pitcher would be really nice, but it's not like they have to do that to go far into the yeah. playoffs. I, I don't mean, think. you see the graphics in in June. The worst starting pitcher we've got is Ryu. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. I was uh I didn't realize that he had regressed that, but I think his he was like four fifty ERA yeah. over June. And you can still uh, you can't you don't want to live with that with your best pitcher, but when your worst pitcher on the team in a month has that for an ERA, you're feeling pretty good about what you've got in the rotation. Well, I think it points to the one obvious thing and that Ryu must use spider tack. Ryu must be a spider well, tack user and now he's trying to figure it out. I don't necessarily know if it's specifically spider tack, but I think that there are a lot of pitchers who have been using sunscreen and rosin have been using some sort of thing that they're having to adjust now. And you saw in the last start, Ryu starting to yeah, granted it was obviously it was against the Orioles, but that that doesn't really matter to me because there are still hitters who it, I feel like any team, if Ryu's not on, they can crush And Ryan Mountcastle because that's hits just, dingers. <laughs> yeah. And Mullins, yeah. that guy's that guy's gonna be an all-star. Like he looks he looks dangerous. They have they have dudes that can hit. So I yeah, he, I just think that he looked better uh, regardless of who he's playing in the last game. And hopefully, you know, this it's just guys figuring out, okay, I, I gotta get used to it again. And like you see Trevor Bauer starting to bounce back. His his stuff starting to look good again. I saw a video of him throwing a curveball that looked like the nastiest curveball I've ever seen, and he's not using anything anymore. And obviously we know he started using stuff, but I think there's guys like him and guys, I, other types of guys who maybe aren't named Garrett Cole who started pitching without that and had success. Like we know Trevor Bauer, Cleveland Indians, Trevor Bauer was not using that stuff. And he was open about how he, how much better he would be if he used it. And then he said, fuck it. I'm going to use it. If everyone else is get paid, (laughs) win a Cy Young and show you what it's like. But now going back to it, I can still be an above average pitcher. Maybe I'm not Cy Young, Bauer or you know what I mean I think there's and I feel like that's going to be the case with a guy like Ryu where it's like I'm going to obviously I'm going to use the advantage if everyone else is but how much of a crutch it is I don't know I would imagine that the Dodgers are somewhat regretting the signing of Bauer at this point I don't know if you saw the article that came out about him last night but he's in a whole pile of hot water 
Yeah, TMZ. I don't know. Isn't TMZ the uh, was the first uh, thing to report Kobe's death? Like TMZ does get mm-hmm. legit shit sometimes. I know they're trash, but they do get legit shit sometimes. And you know, this is yeah. Well, I don't think we, we're going to talk about this right now because I don't fuck. I don't really not nobody knows who knows. Um. So sure. last night, Shohei Otani in New York takes the home run lead. He now ha- he hit two dingers, so he's two up on Vladdy now. Twenty eight shots, twenty eight home runs. He's got an over one OPS. He's batting like, I don't know, 280. His ERA is like two and a half. Um, he's striking people out. He, he doesn't go super deep in games, but you know, he's the only one doing what he's doing. What he's doing is absolutely incredible. And in my opinion, he is just running away with the MVP and really no matter what Vladdy does, he doesn't have a shot. Like I think if Vladdy hit for the triple crown, he's not getting the MVP. I think, I think Vladdy would get the MVP if he hit 400. I think Vladdy would have to do something like that. I think he'd have to hit 400 and break the home run record. <laughs> Dude, I, I agree with you, but I don't feel good about it. No, I don't it. feel good about it either, but it's just one of those like crazy things in sports where you're just up against like this unexpected thing that hasn't happened in baseball for a hundred years. I know. And I feel like it sets a weird precedent though. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, he's the most valuable because he's a freak and he's doing both things, but it doesn't it kind of go against the spirit of the award to you and some like there's all the time we get into the argument when a pitcher has an incredible season, like whether the pitcher should be MVP. And I kind of lean on the side that they have an award and that it, it, MVP is an unofficial offense, like a, a offense player award. And yes, yeah, Shohei's playing offense, but his offense other than the home runs is not close to Vlad's. And so I'm like, I just feel like what a weird press. Like, how do we ever not give it to Shohei if he's average at both things? Like, how is you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like going forward. How do? Yeah, this is the first year of this, but how do we how do we judge this afterwards? Because I feel like we have to consider him separately. I know. I, I feel exactly what you're saying, but MVP most valuable player. I don't I know, see I how he isn't the most valuable player at this current track that he's on. You know, if his ERA goes up two runs and his batting average drops 30 points, then you start to get a little, but the fact that he is so elite in both of these worlds, he isn't, um, you know, mediocre in both. Like you're, like you, you're saying, like he actually is like, if you can battle for MVP and Cy Young, in the same year. Now, I don't know, like, because he doesn't have as many innings pitched as a lot of the starting pitchers just because he doesn't do it quite as frequently. But let's just say that he could battle for Cy Young and MVP in the same year. That's, that's insane. It's, and, mm-hmm. and, and it does suck because, you know, if he's in the league for 10 more years, then Vladdy doesn't get the MVP unless he goes to play for the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's also like Shohei doesn't typically stay healthy either. So, you know, I mean, not to root for someone's, uh, actually, I don't want Shohei to get hurt. It's too incredible what he's doing. And, and if it costs Vladdy an MVP, whatever, like it's, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, it, it is. It is. I'm just, I still, it frustrates me, I guess, or it makes me feel sad to some extent. Um, do you yeah. think that uh, so the Jays are playing the Mariners again tonight? It's on YouTube. You can't even watch it on Sportsnet. It's a YouTube only game. Anyway, uh, Matt's is What's, pitching. Why you got so so much attitude about that? Because I pay for Sportsnet now, and I want every game. That's but why you've still got it. You can just watch it on YouTube, which is well, free for everyone. Well, I can't watch it anywhere because I'm going to be at work. But I just. I like what I like, and I'm used to what I'm used to. I'm an old dog. I don't like new tricks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, 
I got mm-hmm. I, the only reason I, I got my backup is because I got into a Twitter <laughs> thing with uh, uh, a reporter about this who's saying that there's going to be a lot of angry Jays fans, and we kind of went back and forth about it. And you know. to be fair, I don't like. It, you're absolutely right that the YouTube thing makes it like a non-issue. It was when they were doing it Facebook, and I'm not on Facebook, and I'm not joining Facebook to watch a goddamn Blue Jays games. I hate Facebook, and I don't like social media. So, yes, you're right that the YouTube thing makes it different, but it's coming from having my backup to these Facebook live games that they used to do in the past. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, if you're a reporter, do you have the cojones to ask Steven Matz if he got vaccinated tonight after the game? Did you listen to me talk last <laughs> episode? Yeah, but it's way different to say it to me than it is to ask him. I, I don't think it is. Not to uh, me. What, what do you mean the cojones? Why? How did you get COVID? Do you, are you vaccinated? Are you going to put the team in, in, in jeopardy of not being able to start you for multiple starts again in the future because maybe you can track COVID-19 again because you aren't vaccinated. He definitely should be asked that question. I'm just not 100% sure he's going to be. I mean, somebody has to. Somebody has to ask him because it's it's just a, an obvious question that it, it begs the question as to how, how he got it. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm just, I guess I'm just not certain someone's going to ask him and it's going to be so disappointing if that's true. Mm-hmm. I think, I think someone will ask him whether or not he chooses to answer, I think is the, is the thing that I'd be more, uh, you think he about. can just say, I'm not going to talk about that. And how is that viewed as not? No, no answer other than yes, I'm vaccinated. A- any answer other than yes, I'm vaccinated is a no. Yeah. Of course. Like any avoidance of the question, it's just a no. So to us, but not legally or like legitimately. Yeah, but there's nothing legal about it. He doesn't legally have to be vaccinated. I know. It's I'm just, just like saying a, if I if I say I'm I'm no comment about that. I don't I don't that's a personal thing for me and I would rather not talk about it. You still can't you can't unequivocally say that he isn't vaccinated, despite the fact that obviously he isn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man, it, this whole vaccine thing is, uh, it's so fucking frustrating. Sometimes like I deal with people, uh, at work who I'm serving telling me that, that I shouldn't have got the vaccine, that the vaccine's fucking evil and that I made a really bad choice, especially mixing vaccines. And, you know, like, I don't know, like you can't control somebody's actions in something that, you know, like I said, it's not a legal issue. But it'll be so hard for me to not change my opinion on him based on the fact if he got vaccine or not. That's just true. Like I just will. I'll, I'll I will think differently of him, and that's that's not really fair of me. I didn't like him to begin with. What? <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> it, no, it is true. Something Why about him. Like there's, him? there's just a vibe. There's something about his face. Something about his vibe. I just don't. I don't. I don't dig it. What does he make you feel? Mm, makes me feel. Uh, how do I? How do I pinpoint it? There's, you know, yeah, you know, when you meet someone, you say hello. You don't even have to. Sometimes you don't even have to talk to them. There's just an energy that is out there. There's a vibe, and it says, mm, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, you can talk to someone. You can be around someone for a month or even a an hour and be like, oh, I was wrong about that. This guy's, this guy's not so bad. But this is just the way I feel about Stephen Matz, and I always have. So then that that already kind of colored your feelings on him of thinking that he didn't get vaccinated. Yeah, like that just that just fueled your fire. That was uh-huh. just like the thing that you used to justify the hate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because like if if Vladdy got COVID, it would be way different. I'd be like, come on, Vladdy. <laughs> Come on, dude. We need you. Don't do this to us. Classic Flatty. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, but you'd, you'd still love him. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So it's not really about hating Matt's that he didn't get the vaccine. It's just about that this helps fuel your hate. Well, there is also an element of it that does tie into politics, right? Where you get the sense, you know, especially when you're looking at a 
affluent white man that uh, has decided he doesn't want to get the vaccine versus, you know, different cultural things that happen where you, I don't know, you just judge, you judge it differently, I suppose. I don't know. So where would you sit? And this is, you know, such a useless question, but hey, where would you sit if he said, I had the first dose and I just contracted COVID-19. I hadn't had the second dose yet. I I would, I don't know. I'd take a look at the watch and be like, you know, you got, you got, what's, what's your excuse, dude? You got four days in between each time you pitch. Uh, I, I, I got the, I got the second dose. I don't know. I don't know. Like what? What were you doing? Maybe he didn't want to get the symptoms. Maybe he had to start, and he was like, oh, "I don't want to be sick." Hey, check it out, dude. You're you got a how many days of recovery do you have after you pitch? Before you pitch again, why don't we do your start and afterwards we're gonna have you on ice. We're gonna we're gonna bring someone in. They're gonna do it in the clubhouse. PPE. We'll get you all vaxxed up. We'll bring it to you. How about that? Maybe Lourdes sat everybody down in the clubhouse and told them horror <laughs> stories about how sick you got and how it like grow up, made, man, grow up. Made, the rest of the world's hair. doing it. And how it like made his hair a different texture, and that he didn't appreciate that, and that he'll never do it again because he, you know, he thought he was gonna his hair was gonna fall out. Yeah, or maybe he's just a Trump dude. I don't know. Maybe he's a piece of shit. That's the thing. That's the real thing. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that they, it's, it really comes down to that cut and dry thing that somebody who doesn't get a vaccine somehow is associated with Trump in some way. And we're not even in the States and somehow no. we still feel that way. But Trump is just, is just a placeholder. You know, it's just a helpful uh, thing that we can associate a specific type of person that, that, existed before trump it's just easier for us all to bring up the image of these people when we have trump to associate them with because of everything that trump stands for that these people also stand for that trump is a hero for you know what i mean yeah i think sometimes it just comes down to the fact that trump's tax breaks are better for millionaires and that's all they care about they don't even think about any other aspect of anything he does they're just like i make more money when that, that doesn't guy. make them less of a piece of shit i i agree but <laughs> you know it, it like they could but you know that to say that anybody who doesn't support trump isn't a piece of shit is i mean there's so many pieces of shit like if i serve tables not necessarily the place I'm at now, but the old place I was at. And let's say I served 80 people a night, 68 pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. like, and that's probably a pretty uh, repeatable percentage of people who are pieces of shit. Fair. How many of those 68 you think got the, the vaccine though? Probably like 45. In I think that no, I think these are these are liberal pieces of shit, and they probably got that vaccine before anybody right. else was even allowed to. <laughs> they probably got it like secretly trucked to their house and have been sitting in their mansions with their vaccinated body, just complaining about how boring the pandemic is. And like, ugh, can't we just do the things? Can't I just go to my cottage? And can't I just go to the lake house? And can't I go to my friend's cottage? And my friend's lake house this is also dull, isn't it? And mm -hmm. everyone else is like fucking clawing to survive. I'm two weeks tomorrow. Full immunity. I got my vaccine two weeks ago tomorrow yeah i'm two weeks saturday I'm, oh man it feels good it feels like, good like you're probably fully immune now there's no way it's just yeah. like a. and when the <laughs> clock strikes 12 you reach full immunity the best before date on food <laughs> yeah totally it was fine at midnight last night and now it's now it's poison <laughs> All right, what else, Jacob? We gonna talk about the Blue Jays? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, how about this? I was just thinking, you know, we're talking about getting a starter. Like maybe we don't need a starter because we got a pretty good starting crew. But like, you bring in a starter, suddenly, you know, like I'm talking like a good starter. Suddenly, uh, playoffs roll around, and we we get to uh, ease back on Alec Manoa's innings, as we know that might be necessary. And, you know, that kind of energy, that kind of confidence, 
that kind of bulldog stepping on the mound in in medium leverage, getting close to high leverage is another win for the bullpen to some extent, if, if you ask me. Yeah, well, I also think that if you got another starter, then your bullpen could have in it. Well, Ross Stripling could be in your bullpen. Steven Matz could be in your bullpen. Alec Manoa could be in your bullpen. Um, so then that just in that makes your bullpen stronger. That's what I'm I mean, saying. Manoa's already thrown from the stretch anyway. He might as well come in from the bullpen. <laughs> yep. Uh, so here's a question for you. Jays make it to the wild card game today. Tonight is the wild card game. All the pitchers Ray. are healthy. Wow. Yep. Robbie Ray. There's and no question. That, but now is that influenced by Ryu's June numbers? No. That's just a straight up you're choosing Robbie Ray. Absolutely. I think I'm with you. I thought about this a lot last night and it was really hard for me to go off of Ryu, but then I had these flashbacks of how trash he was in Tampa in the playoffs last year, which, you know, isn't fair. I'm sure he's had much better playoff performances, but there's something about the Robbie Ray attitude and the way that he just brings the heat that I think he's the best game one. I mean, if it's the wild card, it's a do or die. So, and I also think that the offense is better this year where if the starter let up four runs, you're not out of it. Whereas last year when Ryu did that, you just felt, oh, this game's over. There's something too, I think, about Ryu where we see it. I feel like when, when a team really has time to prepare for him and like figure out the game plan, he has to be so on and be locating his pitches so perfectly, which is very possible for him. And he can for sure have an incredible game and he could shut down Tampa Bay and they wouldn't hit him for seven innings. I could totally see that happening. But what I also, what I feel like about Robbie Ray is that <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can know, you can know that, you know that the fastball's coming most of the time. You know that the slider's coming the other time you can sit on one, you can sit on the other and it's still really difficult to do damage on him. But when Ryu is off, he gets just demolished. That's and that's just the way it is. We haven't seen that happen with Robbie Ray. We saw the first time he gave up a, a multi-run home run since I don't know when. And it's he's 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 in that same same boat where like Trevor Trevor Bauer had the most home runs against him. I think in the big leagues last season or top five at least, and he won the Cy Young. Like it, I feel like it's the same thing. It's like I'm gonna pound the zone. I'm going to beat you, and and you know. You can beat me every once in a while, but I still win in the end because the odds are in my favor. That's such a good point that I, I didn't even think of because especially with a team like Tampa Bay who prepares so well and they'll, they'll just have such a good uh, approach to a guy like Ryu, whether or not Ryu is successful or not. Um, there's no mystery to Robbie Ray whatsoever. It's not like, oh, I mean, yeah, he might get you on a slider because it's you know five to seven miles an hour uh, slower than his fastball but he's just gonna throw the heat and yeah he lets up home runs but as long as he doesn't have guys on base unlike last night it doesn't usually hurt you so yeah i just like that like no mystery no secrets here it is and with ryu he almost like ryu kind of works on tricking you mm -hmm. absolutely and, and if you can take some of Ryu's pitches away, it makes it harder for him to trick, which is what I feel like a team like Tampa Bay does really well. But you can't take one of Robbie Ray's pitches away from him. You just can't do it. He's like got two fucking pitches. And it just mathematically, the difference in, in velocity just gives me uh, more opportunities to see the ball. Even if, like, if I can just start getting over like trying to think of what Ryu's going to do. And I'm like, oh, he just went cutter in. He's probably, uh, 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 maybe he's going to throw the curveball away. If I just start looking, if I just start opening my eyes and just being like, I'm just going to try and see the ball hit ball, you know, classic uh, old school approach. I feel like I've got a better chance of hitting him than I do with, with Robbie Ray because he's, it's just not max velocity. It's just not coming at me as fast and, and as aggressively, you know what I mean? So it's just, there's something about that. <clears throat> What is with this two rounds of voting in the All-Star game? Did you see that? Now all of a sudden, all of the votes that anybody cast don't count, and now the voting starts over? I don't even understand what the point of that is. 
So everybody who votes, you have to ask, like, it's hard enough to get people to vote, let alone to try to get them to do it twice. I don't even understand what they're doing. They talked about that on Sportsnet last night where the All-Stars doing a two-phase voting process where now Vladdy's like back to ground zero and now you have to vote again. I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Like if you're trying to wait to see where players are at closer to the game then start the voting closer to the game, not voting twice. Why are we voting at all? <laughs> like, who gives a fuck what we think? Yeah, that's that's true. I think that the the numbers are should speak for themselves, or managers should vote, or like whatever. But the two vote the phase voting. I just had to say that before we before we leave here that I think that's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um. Anything else, Jacob? You want to say before we uh, wind her down? Uh, I don't know. My brother was asking if we, if we uh, kind of if we had any regrets about not wanting to get Donaldson on the team. He texted me this morning talking about uh, Don Donaldson giving it to Giolito or whoever uh, <laughs> about the sticky oh, stuff after he crushed yeah, a home run. What did he, he say? He yelled. He goes, "Not sticky anymore." <laughs> 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 yeah, I love that. I love it. And I think Giolito in the game, this is a may, might be a misquote, but it's very close to what he said. He said that Donaldson's a fucking pest. <laughs> and like Donaldson's starting to heat up and they're like, you know, I got a lot of time for a hot Donaldson who's cocky because, you know, when he's on your team, it's fun because he incites the other team and then it makes it more exciting. But even from afar, um, I think it's really funny. Like, who else is fucking yelling that out to a pitcher? He's just on this weird, uh, like, run of trying to expose these pitchers. I just think it's really it, funny. The sticky stuff ate on him. It grinded his gears more than anyone in the league. He's like, I don't know, wasn't he talking like he has like a documentary he's about to release about pictures or something? Like, he's got- He said he has tons of footage for <laughs> pictures who have been using this stuff. And like, what I don't know is like, because you don't, you know, I don't think you're allowed to have your cell phone in the dugout. Like, so he's either he's going home at night, fucking going through like MLB TV and like screen recording. Like, I think he's got, I think he just gives his buddies front row seats to his games. I think his buddies get like the zoom in on the cell phone and Donaldson tells, tells them what to look for. That's what I think it is. I think he's got like, like guys who are, or, you know, people who are, like recording footage for him during these games on people that he knows uses this shit. Well, that I like that idea too. I think that's amazing if that is what's happening. But I feel like my heart really goes out to him. It to to some extent, obviously, like he's a hero. Like one of probably my favorite player from from that era from from the the twenty fifteen sixteen the glory the modern glory years. Donaldson <laughs> was my dude. And then to to know that in his mind, any sort of decline that's happened since those years, since being an MVP, to him feels like is like he he know he feels like he's hasn't fallen off physically or like he's still able to do the work. Yeah, he's had some injuries, but to him, a big part of it is these spin rates and that the pitchers of a new generation are cheating. <laughs> to beat him and he feels like if they aren't cheating then then he would still be elite and maybe he is i don't I know i think it's that i think it's blue jays high performance and sticky stuff it has nothing to do with him and i bet you it's somewhere in him he thinks that both of those two things have cost him a hundred million dollars right because yeah. if you come off an MVP season in 2015, he was doing really well in 2016. And he kind of, I think 26, no, 2016, I think he made it through the whole season. It was 2017 that he started to get hurt. 2018, he was hurt. Um, and then there was the whole like debacle in like 2019 might have been when he went to the Braves. But um, he could have been like 150 million 160 million maybe 200 i think he wanted 200 million at some point he wanted the jays to offer him 200 million and i think he got 80 from the twins right so and he said he goes i've been playing baseball in the big leagues for a long time i know what pitches i know what good pitches look like and the shit that i'm seeing now it's different 
Yep. And so in a way, like, you know, we're kind of like maybe hinting at the fact that like, he's crazy. He just thinks it's the sticky stuff and Blue Jays high performance department, but it also might be to some degree. Well, it's definitely the sticky stuff. You see it. You see the numbers, you see the spin rates, how dramatically they've fallen off a cliff across the whole league. And it's almost like the, the best players in the league are the young players who don't know any different. And maybe because he'd been around for the other, yeah. the other version of the big leagues, it's more effective for somebody like him because it's such a drastic change. But like for a guy like Acuna, Tatis, Flatty, Shohei, you know, they're, they've probably only known a league of sticky stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and sticky stuff's been around for a lot long, a lot longer than like what you know you hear you hear these players saying that sticky stuff's been around since since your favorite players of the 80s and stuff but the the level of stick and you know like everyone's seen the the videos of what spider tack or spider spider tack you know like you can hang it from your finger and it'll you can pull it down it's like glue yeah you know i mean it's, it's probably different the difference thing. between it's the difference between creatine and steroids probably <laughs> like yeah it's like i think it's such a leap of their performance enhancement absolutely and so, man, like if Donaldson starts to go on a run right now and like that lines up, I power to him. You'll still oh, always man. be one of my favorite players. It'll be sort of like the anti-Houston thing, whereas like when they, they got caught in their scandal, everybody's eyes were on them to decline. And now everybody's eyes are on Donaldson to like go off. And if he can go off, yeah. that's really fun. And if the twins can become relevant again, too, that's that's funner for the league, too. Yep. Or if Donaldson gets dealt again to a a contender, you know, obviously I wish it. I wish it could be the. I wish it could be the Jays. I wish, you know, I'd love. It's a to, lot of money to take on for a guy who can't stay healthy, man. That's true. a lot of money. True. I mean, is there a different third baseman out there that you would rather? Do Do like, you think we just, need a third it, baseman? It, yeah, for sure. Who would I like as a third baseman? Matt Chapman. Wow, that ain't happening. well hopefully donaldson ain't happening either but uh the blue jays are facing the mariners tonight it's live on youtube and happy canada day tomorrow everybody we will be back soon